the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Here's the promise. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And God's peace which surpasses all understanding. That means it doesn't make sense. It's a time in your life when you shouldn't have peace. will guard your heart and mind. We live in a society where most everyone can relate to feeling anxious on a regular basis. But what is anxiety good for? Do you really want to spend that much time and brain power on worrying over things that you have little to no control over? Pastor Dan reminds us today that even though you may have no control, God has all the control. There's no point in worrying because God has a plan in store. And so long as you rely on Him, you will never want for anything. His peace will be with you always. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 27, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Chapter 27, Jeremiah uses a prop as a sermon illustration. And this is not the first time he uses a prop for a sermon illustration. We saw back in chapter 13, uh, the Lord had Jeremiah wear a linen belt as an illustration. Then in chapter 19, the Lord had Jeremiah smash a clay pot that symbolized what God was going to do. To Judah. He was going to utterly destroy them. And so now in chapter 27, the Lord has Jeremiah wear a yoke. Not an egg yoke, uh, but like a yoke uh, you would use for a domesticated animal like an ox or a donkey. Uh, which this raises the question, why does God have Jeremiah use these props and do kind of these symbolic acts? And the reason is because the people are not listening to Jeremiah. They're not responding to his preaching. They're just ignoring the warnings that Jeremiah is giving the people. And so now God resorts to using props and symbolic acts in an attempt to grab the attention of the people of Judah. Jesus did the same thing. Jesus was teaching, and then at a point in his teaching, he began to use parables. He started to tell stories. The reason he did that was to grab the attention of the audience and to keep their attention. Uh, And that's what God does here with this yoke and this prop that Jeremiah is going to use. And God resorting to 
using props and these symbolic acts just shows us the extent of God's love for people. He's not willing that anyone would perish in their sins, but that all would come to repentance and salvation through Jesus Christ. And here we see him. He sends the prophets to the people of Israel. He sends prophet after prophet. They reject the prophets. And so then he begins to use these props and these symbolic acts to try to just get the attention of the people to awaken them to their condition. They're going to reject that. And then ultimately God will send his one and only son as kind of a last resort to get their attention. And of course, they'll crucify his son. And so the people of Judah, they have ignored God's warnings through the preaching of Jeremiah. And so now he's going to use this symbolic act of wearing a yoke. Verse 1 says, in the beginning of the reign of Your translation might say Jehoiakim here. It should be Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. This word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Uh, So here the Lord now speaks to Jeremiah. This wasn't something that he came up with. Thus says the Lord to me, make for yourselves bonds and yokes and put them on your neck. And so He's instructed to wear a yoke around his neck that's intended for animals, for a beast of burden. A yoke speaks of submission. That's what it symbolizes. Submission. Uh, In the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus calls those who are weary and heavy laden to come unto him for rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy And my burden is light. Taking the yoke of Jesus means submitting to Jesus. It means surrendering control to him. Allowing Jesus to be in charge of you. Instead of you being in charge of you. That's the idea behind taking his yoke. Giving him control. So he's to put this yoke around his neck. And then verse 3. And send them to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Ammonites, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon, by the hand of the messengers who come to Jerusalem to Zedekiah, king of Judah. So these nations are listed here, Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, Sidon. These are nations that surrounded Judah. These are their their neighbors. Uh, You can see the kingdom of Judah kind of in the center. Edom is the yellow area to the south. You see Moab, the purple area. Ammon, the orange. Tyre and Sidon are up there in the Phoenician states, the brown up at the top of the screen. So these are all kind of the, the, the neighboring kingdoms, the neighboring countries around Judah. And the reason that God is speaking now to these these neighboring nations that are really Gentile nations, the reason is these nations were also threatened by the Babylonians. They're concerned about the Babylonians, just as the kingdom of Judah was. Uh, And so they became allies together, all of these nations, along with Judah. And together they were planning a strategy for dealing with the Babylonians. 
And for that reason, the ambassadors from those nations are gathered in Jerusalem, as it's referenced to here in verse 3. The messengers who come to Jerusalem to Zedekiah, king of Judah. They're meeting together to discuss how they're going to deal with the Babylonians. And so God has Jeremiah wear this yoke and go to the ambassadors of these nations who are gathered in Jerusalem to give them this message to deliver to their kings. And here's the message. And command them to say to their masters, to their kings, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus you shall say to your masters, I have made the earth, the man and the beast that are on the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and I have given it to whom it seemed proper to me. Verse 5 is a really remarkable verse that proclaims the sovereignty of God over all the earth. God here, Yahweh, the Lord, declares that He created the earth, He created man, He created all the living things on the earth. He declares that the earth is His, and He can do with it whatever He pleases. He says that He created the earth and man and the beasts by His great power and by His outstretched arm or His might. Now, in Colossians chapter 1, we're told that all things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus created the earth and all the living things in the earth. He created man. He created the beasts by his great power and by his outstretched arm. And to save us from our sins, he stretched those same arms out on the cross. Those same arms that he used to create the earth and all the living things upon the earth, he used to save us from our sins and to reconcile us to God through the cross. He goes on in verse 6 to say, And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, notice that, and the beasts of the field I have also given to him to serve him. So all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son until the time of his land comes, until the time of the judgment of Babylon, when Babylon will be judged. And then many nations and great kings shall make him serve them. And so the Lord announced to these Gentile nations, again, they're gathered in Jerusalem to discuss how they're going to deal with the Babylonians and God sends a prophet, Jeremiah, to these ambassadors to tell them that he was going to hand these nations over to Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians. And this just reminds us that God is sovereign over all nations. He's sovereign over all people, even people that don't believe in him. These nations didn't worship Yahweh. They didn't believe in Yahweh. They had their own gods. And yet God is still sovereign over them. God is sovereign over all. And he tells them here that they should submit themselves to the Babylonians. And that's the symbolic message of the yoke. Submit to the Babylonians. Take their yoke. Serve Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 7 says again, All nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son. Now that's an idiom that means that all these nations will serve Babylon for a long time. It doesn't mean literally that they're going to serve Nebuchadnezzar and his son and his grandson. We know historically 
that Nebuchadnezzar's son succeeded Nebuchadnezzar, but then after that, his brother-in-law came to power, not his grandson. And so this phrase simply means you will serve Babylon for a very long time. And so this is the Lord telling them, you should should take the yoke of Babylon and submit to them. Don't try to fight them. Don't rebel against them. Instead, just to surrender to them. In fact, look what the Lord says in verse 8. And it shall be that the nation and kingdom which will not serve Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and which will not put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation I will punish, says the Lord, says Yahweh. And he will punish with the sword, the famine, and the pestilence until I have consumed them by his hand. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. This is God's will, submitting to the Babylonians. If they refused to submit, they would be rebelling against God, and God says He will punish them. Now, there's, there's several applications in this for us. First of all, once again, we're reminded that sometimes God asks us to do something that is very difficult to do, that our flesh doesn't want to do, that our flesh even rebels against and fights against. And our flesh wants to go the opposite direction, away from it. I mean, submitting to the domination of the Babylonians, that hardly sounds attractive. That doesn't sound like the best option. That doesn't sound like God's will to us. Certainly God wouldn't want me to do that. That's exactly what God wants them to do. And again, sometimes God's way is difficult. His way is not always easy. Sometimes His way is hard. So what do we do? What do we do when God asks us to do something we don't really want to do? Well, that's when we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And we don't want to walk by our feelings. That's also when we fall back on what we do know about God. We know that God loves us so much that He sent His Son into the world to die on the cross for us. We know the promise that He works all things together for our good. And He wants to use that difficult path for our good, to make us more like Jesus Christ. And so we trust the Lord with all our hearts. We walk by faith, not by sight, believing God loves us, believing God has a good plan. In all of this, we don't lean on our own understanding because we can understand it. And how often in a situation like that do we say, I don't understand why God's asking me to do this. I don't understand why God wants me to go this direction. Well, you're not supposed to lean upon your understanding. And we also, we, we pray each step of the way through that difficult path. 
In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, here's the promise, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything, pray about everything. And God's peace which surpasses all understanding. That means it doesn't make sense. It's a time in your life when you shouldn't have peace. Will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Something else these verses show us. These verses show us that not taking God's path is far worse than taking his path. As difficult as his path may be. The consequences of not taking God's path and rebelling against his plan is much more painful. It's a much more painful way to go. We see that in verse 8. You know, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. We are always better off in God's will. We are always better off in God's will than walking in rebellion against his will. Even when his will is difficult. Even when everything in our flesh is saying, I don't want to go that way. You're better off in his will than rebelling against his will. These verses also have application for us regarding how we should respond to an ungodly government or an ungodly ruler. Nebuchadnezzar was a pagan. He's a pagan king. He's ungodly. He was brutal. And yet God told his people to submit to his authority. And as Christians, we're commanded to submit to the government and those in power, whether they're godly or not, whether we agree with them politically or not, whether we like them or not, we are commanded to submit to those that are in authority. Not try to overthrow them, not rebel against them, but submit to them. And I want to show you a few verses in the New Testament. If you want to turn there with me, Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. That's exactly what God is saying through Jeremiah. That he's appointed Nebuchadnezzar. That Nebuchadnezzar is my servant, he says. Therefore, whoever resists the authority... Resist the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. That's verse 8 of chapter 27. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good. And you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake, because the Lord tells you to. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs are due, Fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Again, he doesn't say anything here about whether they're godly or ungodly, or whether you voted for them or didn't vote for them. We're just to submit to them. 
First Timothy chapter two, verse one. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. What's good? Praying, praying for kings, praying for those in authority. Verse 4, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So here we're told that we should pray for those in authority, for the king. And remember at this time, Caesar's king. And he's telling the believers to pray for Caesar. Now, go with me over to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, because God commands you to. Again, whether you agree with the government or the person in power, you do it for the Lord's sake. Whether to the king as supreme or to governors, as to those who are sent by him, for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And so again, we see submit to those in authority, those in power, every ordinance of man, and we do it for the Lord's sake. Now, of course, we're fortunate enough that we live in a democracy where we have the right to vote, And we have the freedom of assembly and the freedom of speech and all of those things. I'm not saying don't exercise your freedom. I'm just saying as Christians, we submit to the government. We're good citizens. The only exception I would add to that is if the government asks you to do something that violates God's word. Then it's better to obey God than man. But otherwise, we submit to the government. And here back in Jeremiah 27, God is telling his people to submit to an ungodly ruler, a very ungodly king. That's God's will. He goes on now back in chapter 27, verse 9. At this point, again, he's speaking to those surrounding nations, Edom, Moab, Ammon, Tyre, Sidon. He says to them in verse 9, Therefore, do not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, or those who interpret dreams, your soothsayers, your sorcerers who speak to you, saying, You shall not serve the king of Babylon. Uh, Just as as Judah had prophets, these other pagan nations around them, they had diviners and those who interpreted dreams and soothsayers and sorcerers that they looked to to give them guidance. And Jeremiah says to these nations, do not listen to them when they tell you, you shall not serve the king of Babylon. And so as Jeremiah is preaching this message from God, There's also this false message. Jeremiah is saying, take the yoke of Babylon upon you, submit to Babylon. But there's these false messengers who are saying, don't serve the king of Babylon. Don't do that. For they prophesy a lie to you to remove you far from your land. That's what's going to happen if you obey them. And I will drive you out and you will perish. But the nations that bring their necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will let them remain in their own land, says the Lord, and they shall till it and dwell in it. 
The book of Jeremiah entails many prophecies given to the people of Israel, but they weren't just commands of judgment and consequence. Within these pages, Jeremiah gives insight into the coming promises that Jesus would offer by coming and fulfilling a new covenant of redemption for all people. What's interesting is that Jeremiah poured his heart and soul out as he wrote this book. It wasn't just a dry dissertation of what people should do or what should come about. Jeremiah was a living and breathing person during the time of siege and exile, and he felt deeply for the people and nation he was a part of. His empathy for his kinsmen should resonate with you as you're part of a larger group of people in a nation and ultimately part of God's family. Is there a stirring within you to see those who are lost come to have a saving knowledge of Christ? If so, you might be able to relate to Jeremiah more than you thought. If you're enjoying this series through the book of Jeremiah and would like to hear more teachings, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. In addition to listening to these teachings, you can access more information about the church behind this ministry. Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. As a church, our heart is geared towards spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with. And we welcome anyone to worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. For service times and location, check out calvaryec.com. Thanks for joining us today. Next time, we'll continue looking at the book of Jeremiah here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know His voice and it only takes Rings true.